We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate Proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Now, here's Chris Plank. Welcome into this episode of the Sooner Sports Podcast. Coming up here in moments, we'll talk to Braden Willis and we'll hear from Perion Winfrey. But first, we're brought to you by GoPuff. Check them out online at gopuff.com. That's gopuff.com. Rapid delivery. It's right to your door. Snacks, grocery, drinks, cleaning, ice cream. Quick meals, bath and beauty, health, home and office, pets, and more. It's adulting, but they make it easy. Got a new job, new city, new responsibilities. Everyone's relying on GoPuff to simplify their life and focus on what matters. Check them out today at GoPuff.com. You can also learn how to become a driver partner, make reliable money, and work anytime at GoPuff. Log on to GoPuff.com or download the app today. All right, let's kick off this edition of the Huddle Reloaded, my one-on-one with Perion Winfrey. Mount Pomp to be joined by Perion Winfrey. 
Year two at OU. Great start. How's it been for you physically, mentally, emotionally? Everything good? Right, yeah. I'm doing way better than I was last year physically, mentally. Just overall, I just feel like a different person, honestly. I just feel closer to my teammates, the coaches, everybody. It just feels like home this year. That immersion from where you were to where you are, right, going from uh, one level to Division One FBS level, what was that adjustment like for you, Perion? Man, honestly, it was it was fast because they, they, they don't wait for nobody. It's either you get on board or you get off board. <laughs> so, honestly, it was just – at first it was hard to adjust, but as time went on, it just became easier and easier, and now it's like clockwork. You know, I'm, um, I, I'm blessed. I get to be the sideline reporter, so I'm down there with you, and I right. see that energy and I see that look in your eye. You know when you've got an opponent, right? You can yeah. sense it. How important is it to make sure that you keep your other guys up? You make sure everyone's fired up with oh, you. Oh, yeah. That's why every time either I'm in or I'm on the sideline, I'm bringing constant energy and juice and passion and just making sure that everybody's locked in and everybody's ready to go every single play. So when I'm on the field, I'm constantly talking to everybody and just making sure everybody's ready to go and everybody's hyped and ready to kill the person in front of them. <laughs> what about that line shift? It's like a hockey line shift you guys have now with dudes coming in and off. Has that been good for you? Do you feel refreshed later in games? Oh uh, Yeah, it honestly, whatever my coaches say, I'm going to go with it. So if they think we should rotate, then that's what we're going to do. And honestly, it's helped me more because when I'm able to make the big plays, I can't make them because I'm not as tired or exhausted. You seem like you're in great shape. What was that commitment like to your physical fitness and obviously in the weight room with Benny this offseason? Oh, yeah. I feel like uh, I've lost, like, I would say 15 pounds. I feel like I'm in way better shape. We were just attacking the offseason. Like, there was no jogging during the sprints or anything. We were full full foot on the pedal, no no let up, none of that. So I just feel like I attacked the offseason, and that's why I'm having the year that I'm having so far. So I know we're only two games in, but obviously you wanted to be better after week one, and you right. guys showed it in week two. Peron, what did you see in the preparation that shifted? Because there was great energy on that sideline for four quarters, even right. in a blowout on Saturday. We just realized that we weren't doing the little things right, so we started doing the little things right, and we started coming together more as a team and realizing that if we just focused on ourselves as a collective, we would be great. So we just started really homing in on our techniques and fundamentals and just making sure that everything we were doing was going to be towards an elite aspect and not training to be good because anybody to be good, we were training to be elite, and that's where everything I feel like changed. And every little detail matters in that, right? Yes, for yeah, sure. You just can't let things slide. I, I was talking to Isaiah Thomas about you last week, and just you guys seem to have a really good relationship. How has that grown with you guys because you guys are on the field a lot together, right. but it seems like you work well together. Yeah, I feel like we've, we've got a great relationship, me and the rest of the D-line. I feel like our relationship is so good. Like, we know what each other are about to do, so we can work off each other, and, like, we can talk to each other before we're playing, like, communicate, like, Let's say we don't like to play, we'll communicate like, hey, this is what we're going to do, and that's what we just do. Have you become more of a student of the game? Yeah, I honestly could say that, thanks to my coaches. Yeah, and with that, let's wrap with talking about Calvin Thibodeau. Main reason why you're here, what's he meant to you? Man, Coach Thibodeau meant everything to me. Honestly, I wouldn't be here without him, and I wouldn't be the player that I am today without him. He's just fixed my mental in a, in a way that I can't even explain, like just letting me know how I should approach the game, how I should think about the game, and how I should attack my opponent every single play. And I just love the, the mentality that he's given me. You like the Halloween theme on third down? Are you even noticing it? Do you <laughs> yeah, hear it? I, I notice it for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, it. that's all you, right? For you sure. got that started on Twitter. <laughs> hey, congratulations on the great start, Perry. Thank you. Have a good one. Good luck. And as we count down to OU Nebraska, let's hear from Braden Willis. About to be joined by Braden Willis. All right, let's talk about the most important thing here. Number nine, take me through the shift to go to a single-digit number. It's You look bigger, man. I, I don't know if it's a single-digit or what. Do I? I've been told I look smaller. What? I don't know. That's what I've been told. 
But nah, uh, man, I just wanted to flip, flip, flip a new page, you know, start a new chapter. Uh, 81 was cool, but there's, and everybody's been asking me, is there any significance behind nine? Not really. I was number seven in high school. I mean, if you want to put a significance on it, I mean, 81 is eight plus one. It makes it nine, I guess. Oh, my God. I mean, if you really want to, that's what I was told by my mother. But <laughs> now, other than that, now, I just wanted to, you know, have a fresh start after the injury and, you know, just kind of leave my legacy with nine. So how has that fresh start been? How are you feeling? I feel good. Uh, I feel better than I have for the last year, you know. So, you know, shout out to the trainers and Chris and everybody like that. But, no, I feel great and uh, I feel really strongly about the season and the team that we have. Now, you, as, as a veteran on this team now, I really felt like I saw a commitment down there patrolling the sidelines to keep the energy up. What did that look like? And it didn't seem forced or manufactured against Western Carolina. How important was that for this team to have four quarters of energy? Oh, that was essential going into this game. We talked about it all week. And we took it upon not only the team, but us as leaders and vets to make sure that energy go, goes throughout the whole game. So, you know, we were pushed this week from the coaching staff, uh, coaching staff throughout the week. And, uh, yeah, just – Took it upon myself, you know, just create energy, just doing a whole lot of yelling. Lost my voice in the process, but it's, it's, it's came back. But, yeah. Is the team that's responding to it? Yes. I mean, obviously, we saw it on the field Saturday, but – Brayden, is that carrying over to the weight room and to the study that you want to see film-wise? Uh, yeah, obviously it's been just one week, and we have to continue to do that throughout the weeks and everything like that. You know, like we like we said, we were called out last week. We responded for that week. We have to make sure that it's a continual thing, and it's just not for that one week. But most definitely, this is a team that when we are called out to do something, we have, have always responded, you know, from off-season, you know, clean up the locker room and stuff like that. So I think we're going to do well with responding to it. What's it been like with a new voice in uh, Joe John Finley this year, a guy who's played at the highest level, has some experience in that HVAC room? Oh, it's been great having him, you know, just from the smallest details of the game, you know, as far as uh, steps and stuff like that, stuff I never really even thought about. Like in my stance and get off from my stance and everything like that. There's just little things that I've never thought about that I've, I've tweaked and changed and are still working on that have made, you know, big, big, big steps in my game. For you personally, too, in that, where did you want to see the most improvement? Because we know you can catch the ball. We know you can make plays. We know you can block. You know, where did you want to see yourself improve? Uh, the biggest thing that I wanted to see myself improve in is uh, yak, yards after catch. Uh, you know, I catch the ball. You know, in the past I've caught the ball and, you know, kind of have gone down or, you know, been in a situation where I couldn't really do anything. That's the biggest thing that I went into the offseason trying to focus on was, you know, yak. And so that's – hopefully I can continue to show that and, uh, you know, improve off of that. Let's go on this, but how cool is it to be in an offense that uses your position so much. And in every big game, it seems like there's something that comes out of your room that helped make a difference. Most definitely. That's exactly why I came here. You know, we're utilized, uh, we're loved, and we're getting even more utilized, you know, as the years progress. So, you know, it's been great. I love it, and uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world. We appreciate your time, Braden. Good luck this weekend against Nebraska. Thank you. Appreciate it. Don't forget, 9 a.m. pregame, 11 o'clock kick for Oklahoma and Nebraska. Let's break it all down with a huddle reloaded. Toby Rowland and Gabe Iker. You can just feel the energy down here on the field, and it's simple. Run the football, stop the run, 
dominated an inferior opponent. That's just, that's what we need to see here tonight. And it was a tough week of practice. I'm sure these players are ready to put some good stuff on tape. Total leather and we're underway. Quick slant pass, caught, touchdown. Jaden Hazelwood. Kick is away, plenty of distance. Wow. And it is <laughs> good. Quick pass, Gray wide open to the 10 to the 5. He'll walk into the end zone. Touchdown. It's a handoff and it goes Ooh, nowhere. Stephen Downs, the pride of Weatherford, in for the stop. Woods has a touchdown. Ooh. What a cut. What a throw. Back shoulder to Mario. That was a dime. Play action. Throw out to the left. Hazelwood caught it. Touchdown. Second tonight, Jaden Hazelwood at the pylon. Down the sideline, 15, 10, he's gonna go! Touchdown! Jaden Knowles, second one tonight. Looking left. Intercepted! Whoa. It's Bryson Washington down the sidelines and he'll cruise out of bounds, out of the shotgun. He will hand it to Hudson up the middle, Ooh, barrels nice. over a catamount, and he's into the end zone. Touchdown! Win column sooner. Game over. On the Sooner Sports Network from Learfield. Breaks a tackle. 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Oh, mama! This is the Bud Light OU Huddle presented by Bud Light. It's for the fans. The OU Huddle is also brought to you by Homeland Grocery, locally owned by our employees. Kincaid Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in real Texas barbecue. Riverwind Casino, still the one. And by Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. Let's go! This is the Bud Light OU Huddle. Now, here's Toby Rowland. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. It is a Tuesday night, and it is time for the huddle. We got a great crowd that has gathered here tonight. Fun couple of hours headed your way. Next hour for the Lincoln Riley Show. Not only will we be joined by Teddy Lehman tonight, but Bob Stoops going to be here live in person as well. All everybody right. loves that. All Please right. welcome my partner, though, for the huddle, Gabe Eichard, everybody. See, not, not, not nearly as loud of an applause as for Bob, and that's the way it should be. M a muted response? Yeah. No, don't, that's Don't fine. leave me hanging. Oh, there I we did, go. did not see that. That's I okay. I apologize. I was off to a bad start here. Real vision there. 76-0 uh, over Western Carolina on Saturday on Owen Field. A thorough thumping for the Sooners. We'll discuss that in this show. But everybody is excited about this Saturday the Battle of the Big Reds renews again. It'll be Oklahoma and Nebraska coming up at 11 a.m. on Saturday morning on Owen Field. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. It's Nebraska week. Yes. Right. I mean, this is a this is a game that we've been looking forward to for a long time, and uh, a game that holds a special place in my heart. Last time Oklahoma played Nebraska. I played in the game. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. So I, I am. You won I'm, it too. Yes, we did. Yep. Now we we fell down seventeen you, to you nothing, dug but we came. A but hole. That, that's irrelevant. We came back, won the Big Twelve championship back in 
2010 against them. But I just I cannot wait for everything that is going to surround this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of college football fans, myself included, love the history of college football. And this is way up there there. on the list of rivalries when you look at the tradition of these games between these two programs. It's special, man. I I am so fired up, and Nebraska fans are so nice. They're so nice, and they're going to come to town, and uh, they're probably not going to be very happy with what happens on the field, but it's still, it's it's going to be a great weekend. Special Saturday ahead. We'll discuss it coming up in a bit. Opening segment brought to you by Noble McIntyre. McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all your personal injury needs. Let's start by looking back at Saturday night under the lights in Norman. Gabe, almost a perfect performance it felt like by Lincoln Riley's team. Exactly what they needed, right? After the two-lane performance, a rough week of practice, some soul-searching for the coaches and the players, and you've got an FCS opponent that comes into your house, and they treated them the way that they needed to treat them. And I thought the execution, especially offensively, was very good. The execution defensively was much improved. And I feel like this team needed some positivity, right? They got it. They got it, and this this is exactly what you want in this situation. You come out of the game relatively healthy as well, and you go into a week of practice with a ton of positive momentum leading into your biggest game of the season so far. It was a rough opening outing against Tulane. The Sooners were able to hold on and win, but as you mentioned, after what by all accounts was a bit of a brutal week at practice, they came out and performed much better on Saturday night. All sides of the ball, offense. There you see the defense. Three more turnovers forced on Saturday. Special teams, we saw another 56-yard field goal by Burkich. So pretty good all the way around. Here's the numbers. 624 yards, four more sacks, three more forced turnovers. Um, the coaches are never going to tell you it was perfect. It wasn't perfect, but it was what they needed on Saturday. Yeah, and it's never going to be perfect. Even against a team like Western Carolina, you are going to make mistakes, whether it's physical mistakes when it comes to your technique, there's mental mistakes. But that was the thing that stood out to me, Toby. We, we saw entirely too many mental errors in the two-lane game. Yeah. And as I went back and watched the game, both offensively and de- defensively, those mental errors were significantly lessened. And that, that's important. And you're going to have some of those. Football moves quickly. It's a fast-paced game. There's a lot of thinking going on. It's never going to be perfect. But I thought from a mental side of things, Oklahoma was way sharper in this football game. Who was your player of the game Saturday? Spencer Rattler. Right? Didn't, didn't play particularly well by nope. his standards. Our sure. standard for him in that two-lane matchup. I think matchup, it might have been his worst performance in a Sooner uniform. It was. I, I completely agree with that, but he came out in this football game with a complete different energy, in my opinion. You see him running the football right here. I mean, he's trying crazy things like trying to reach the ball out of the goal line. <laughs> Against Tulane, he looked so indecisive running the ball. Yep. He, was, he was clean with his reads. 
He spread the ball around to all kinds of different receivers. That throw right there to Mario Williams, that's one of the best throws Spencer Rattler has had in an OU uniform. That is an NFL caliber elite throw. And I I just loved how he approached the game because he was – he was on the sideline getting the team going. He chest, chest bumped bumpin you. He chest bumped me. Like he was <laughs> he was just a different guy. And I do want to give OU's crowd some credit. I think that stadium being full and the way it looked with the stripe, the stadium, and how well that turned out, that played a part in it. Like you gotta think. This is the first time Spencer Rattler has been the starter in front of a full capacity crowd. Yeah, that's amazing, but it's true. And he was awesome. Had to juice him up. He he had the juice. He had juice unlike I've ever seen from him. And I can't wait to see him build off that performance. I am fired up to watch Rattler against Nebraska. It was an encouraging performance, for sure. Oh, yeah. My player of the game was uh, the guy you just saw there, Eric Gray, 74 yards rushing, had the 20-yard touchdown catch. Those aren't monster numbers, but – Kind of the same story you were talking about with Rattler. He was unimpressive in the season opener, didn't really do much. And you thought to yourself, I thought this guy was going to be a difference maker. Boy, in the limited action he saw in the first half on Saturday, I thought he looked electric. He was sudden. He had some sizzle to him. He hit the brakes at full speed in the middle of one run. Three guys went flying by, and then he got about five, six more yards. So very impressed with what I saw from Eric Gray. I thought that was an encouraging performance by him as well. Absolutely. And we've been hearing so much about how dynamic of a player he he is. We saw it against Western Carolina. We didn't necessarily see much of it against Tulane. And I know that this isn't something that a lot of people like to talk about. He was not good in blitz pickup against Tulane. He was excellent in blitz pickup against Western Carolina. I know that when you think about running backs, it's about what do you do when you get the ball in your hands, when when they hand it to you, when they throw it to you in the pass game. Blitz pickup and pass protection is a huge component of what Lincoln Riley asks. They can't trust you to be on the field if you're going to get the quarterback Exactly. And it was something they emphasized for him all week, last week in practice. And his first blitz pickup in that game puts a guy on his back. And I was like, okay, yeah, he he, he gets it. He gets it. So – I'm really excited to see him continue to build this season. I think he's going to be great. Time for our drive of the game, presented by Pike Pass, the fastest, safest, most efficient way to travel Oklahoma, Kansas, and Texas. Hey, Sooners, don't get passed. Get Pike Pass. You remember the opening drive of the Tulane game? The Sooners turned it over through an interception on the second play. Much better on Saturday night. Here we go, opening drive after they forced a punt. Oklahoma takes over on their 30. They quickly move into Western Carolina territory. That's the run we were talking about right there. A sudden stop. They got the short pass game working. They got the run game working. I don't know if uh, Lincoln scripts his opening possession or not. That was almost a touchdown. But this looked like clockwork pretty much. Yeah, all, all offensive play callers script that first drive, whether it's your first 10 or first 15. I've played for guys that did it both ways, but sometimes it goes exactly according to plan. In eight plays, 70 yards in just over two minutes, 
I assume that was the pretty plan. Close. Yeah, it's, that's a pretty that's, good plan. That's a pretty good start. Seven-yard touchdown pass to Jaden Hazelwood caps it off. That is our Pike Pass drive of the game. We're just getting started. We'll take an opening timeout. When we come back, we're going to break it down, offense and defense, how the Sooners looked against the Catamounts. Then we'll peek ahead to Nebraska. You're watching The Huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Health and Anheuser-Busch. And our community partners, Fowler Auto Group, OU Health, OG&E, and Coca-Cola. Sooner Sports TV is brought to you by the best place to gear up for game day is shop.soonersports.com. Kincaid Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of Sooner Athletics. Bud Light, it's for the fans. Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in real Texas barbecue. Homeland, your homegrown advantage. Proud sponsor of Sooner Athletics. Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. Put it in the air on first down, under pressure, and they got it. Under pressure immediately, he's gonna run with it, he's down. Isaiah Coe was on it. Deep and downs, the pride of Weatherford in for the stop. And the Sooners take over. I step into the 15, oh. ball's loose, knocked out, picked up, Sooners recover. Looking left. Intercepted. Oh. It's Bryson Washington. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Sooners got him a shutout on Saturday night. Take a look at the most points scored in a game in Sooner history. They had 82 against the Buffaloes back in 1980, 76 on Saturday against Western Carolina. How about that 1942 game, Gabe, at the bottom there? 76 nothing over K-State back in 42. Remember that one like it was yesterday. And the interesting thing about Saturday is uh, they played the fourth quarter with only 12 minutes on the clock, so it's not actually a full game. You, you think Lincoln is upset? that they didn't play hard for 60 minutes, technically? It a, technically, it was 57. Only 57. That's exactly. No, the media has completely ignored that. That's a great fact I, by you. It's a huge story. Let's start on the, won. as uh, Teddy Lehman uh, requires, let's start on the defensive side of the ball when we analyze a shutout on Saturday, 76 nothing. How about here? Uh, turnovers, three more forced, six total through the first two games. That's been something that's been slow to build for Alex Grinch's defense, they're off to a quick start this year in that category. That's so important. Yeah, exactly what Alex Grinch and his staff want to see. 
Those plays change games. I mean, they absolutely change games. And e even when Western Carolina got a little momentum, right, put a few plays together, it, it seemed like Oklahoma's defense forced to take away. And the thing that stood out to me, it was just the effort and energy, right? Uh, we talked about them reducing those mental mistakes. I thought they communicated their adjustments really, really well throughout the football game. Uh, and you see the energy there, right? Now, that was a sweet high step. There's no doubt. <laughs> but that that's effort from Ethan Downs, yeah. right? Yeah, that's, that's something that – you, you just have to know how to play with. They were with. threatening the shutout in the fourth quarter, and he saved the day. Exactly, and the game is over, but you still have guys playing that way, and, and that is exactly what Alex Grinch wants. You play one way for that man, and it's all out. That's why they rotate that many guys, right? I, I know there's some OU fans wondering, why do they play so many guys? It's so that guys can play that hard Every single play. Ethan Downs. Speaking of Ethan Downs, uh, out of Weatherford, true freshman, made that play on Saturday. I know he's become one of your favorite players, though, for a different reason. Right? I love him. I love him. And I have dubbed him the trash man. <laughs> Why? I have never seen this on at any level of football in my entire career, whether it's playing or uh, covering – OU, he picks up trash after the game. On he, the sidelines. On the sidelines. So while everyone else goes and shakes hands with the other team, he immediately turns to the sideline, identifies where the most trash is, starts collecting it, and then goes and throws it in a trash can. Gatorade cups, tape, tape, whatever it may cups, be. Cups, and now, against Western Carolina. Do you think that's a freshman punishment, or is this just a kid going above and beyond? I think this is a kid whose parents said, hey, leave it better than you found it. Yeah. That's Weatherford's finest right there, <laughs> man. I, I, I know I know it's – It goes for all you out here, too, tonight. Exactly. I want to throw, take, throw take your care trash away when you're done for Pete's sake. But I, I think it's, it's just one of those things. Everything matters in my mind. When it comes to college football, everything matters. Going to class matters. Being on time for your tutors, for meetings, for all that. It all matters. It all falls under the umbrella of discipline to me. And the most disciplined teams are usually the best teams. The kids pick it up trash after the game, Toby. <laughs> I like I, the trash man is his nickname for the rest of his career. I love it. Well done by you. I want to ask you about another freshman, Danny Stutzman, who led the team in tackles on Saturday night. He had eight of them. Unfortunately, left the game with an injury. We'll see if maybe Lincoln can give us an update on that in the next hour. But, uh, boy, you talk about a bright future. This kid looks like he could be a star, like, right now. Teddy Lehman Jr.? That's Is that right. what people are saying? Lehman 2.0. That's what they're saying. <laughs> but he is hes everything He's been out, made out to be, right? I mean, he plays fast. It's not perfect. He's a young player, right? And he, he didn't get here until the summer. He wasn't even there early for spring ball. So he's playing at this level with only being on campus for a couple of months. So they're extremely excited. You just see his physical gifts, right? He's, he's got the length. He's got the speed. But the attitude, the effort – 
that's what gets you really, really excited. And the, the play where he hurt his shoulder, there, there's no doubt that's a scary play. He's laying down there on, on the field, not moving. But maybe the most impressive thing and the thing that stood out to me was there's no doubt that kid's got the right amount of crazy. <laughs> and that's how you want your linebackers. You, you have yeah. to have the proper amount of crazy because. to play that position. Because only crazy people play linebacker. I mean, right. With, well, but he was like on the way off the field. He's trying he's, to get the crowd into it. He's yeah. One arm is immobile. The, with the other arm, he's pumping up the crowd and shaking his head like, let's go. I was like, oh, my gosh, this kid's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's the video. I right mean, there. just uh, he's smiling. I don't know if the kid's shoulders it look at just oh, <laughs> ah. I mean what is he doing? Uh you but love that, it. Out of, he made a bunch of good plays. He's made a bunch of good plays in his first two games in the Sooners jersey. Hopefully he's not out for an extended period of time. But just that, seeing him walk off the field and doing those things, I was like, yeah, that kid's going to be good. Let's move to offense. We talked about Rattler already. What about your beloved offensive line? What did you see out of them on Saturday? Some growth, which is important. Uh, they did not play particularly well against Tulane. And a couple of guys, I was surprised that they didn't play well. But I, I think Bill Beanbow's going to have some interesting decisions to make because Wanye Morris, he looked good. We I mean, saw his first action at offensive tackle. He played both left tackle and right tackle in this football game. And I thought he looked like he belonged. There's an interesting situation at center as well. Robert Conjol has played well. Anyone that thinks he hasn't played well doesn't know what they're talking about. I trust you on that. He, he, has, he has played hard, and he has been assignment sound at the center position. But Andrew Rame's a more talented player. I like to say he's got more juice. More upside. More upside. He, he just got more more talent. He, he's more explosive. He's a little quicker, a little more athletic. But Conjol's doing all the right things. So if you're Beanbo, what do you do? Right? Do, do yeah. you maybe put Rame out there because he's got the higher ceiling? He's the younger player? Or do you stay with Conjol because he's just been consistent? What would you do? I'd play Rame. I, I, and that's nothing against Conjol. Honestly, Maybe you put them both on the field. At some points, you, you can – one of you, them a guard? I, I think they're both very capable of playing guard. The, the interesting situation is at tackle, right? Tyrese Robinson, he, he's, he's doing a solid job. But when you get down the line, right, if this team reaches its goals, you're going to be playing some edge players, whether it's – from Alabama yeah. or Clemson or Georgia, any of those other teams that we think are going to be there at the end of the year. They've got edge players. NFL-type players. They looked apart. The they got a ton of length. Tyrese just doesn't have a ton of length. He's a guard playing tackle to me. Now, he has been good, and he is he's done a good job, but it'll be interesting to see how that tackle position shakes out as the season goes on. We could do. A, he could do a whole. I can hour. do this all night. People. He could do a whole show devoted to. It'll be boring. The but I can do it all line. night. Let's move on. Uh, we got to see, for the first time, really since the spring game, some extended time for Caleb Williams, the backup quarterback, five-star, number one player in the country out of high school, and he showed us why we're 
we're excited about this future, right? He looked fantastic. <laughs> I mean, he looked great. Uh, throwing the football. You can just see it come out of his hand. I mean, he has got a gifted arm. But this, this is something that's got me really excited, ladies and gentlemen. He can go now. Yep, he can scoot. He, he can go as a runner and adding that element. And it's not like Rattler can't do that. I mean, he, he, he's got athleticism to him. But it was clear that Williams, he's got a little more speed and he wants to run a little more. So you just think about what Lincoln Riley is going to be able to dial up. Just think of this. You see him throw the football. And, I mean, he throws like Rattler. He throws like Baker. He throws like Kyler. Like, the ball just comes out of his hand with velocity, accuracy. But he kind of runs like Jalen. Think of the offense. Bigger body guy that can move. Just think of that skill set and what this offense will be in the future. It's just exciting to think about. He's going to be an absolute star. I was was, uh, happy for Jaden Hazelwood. On Saturday, got him a couple of touchdowns. Been a long road back for him. And uh, you guys talked to him in the postgame show. That was a fun interview. You could tell he was very excited. He said, said, well, I tried to act like I've been there before, but I haven't. I don't know what to do. I don't know. (laughs) So I was was really happy to see this for Jaden. It's been a long road back from that knee injury. And he is a guy that had such high expectations coming out of high school. And it's fun to see him play well because he's got so much ability. I think this was a great step for him just to gain confidence. Yeah. Right? Because once you start making plays, you you just think, hey, I can do it every week. And you gain confidence. You carry that to the practice field. Like you stack good days on each other, and that turns into good games. And it was, it was really nice seeing him make those plays. And I think that's going to give him the confidence in that knee. Yeah. And it's going to give him confidence moving forward. I, I expect some big games from him. I was also excited on offense to see the weatherman get some run, make some plays. I don't know when Jaden Knowles is going to make an important play for this team this year, but I just feel like he is at some point. And as third options go – I feel a lot better after Saturday about the running back position because, you know, five seven, you hiding behind the line. I think he's, I think he's a little fun. He certainly had some success. Yeah, he I mean, did you see the celebration? Hudson looked good too. I did see. I'm uncomfortable with you doing it, but Why? I did see. I'm not a meteorology major, I but know, I can, you were like I can wiggling your rain. hips and your. There's no need to be rain. wiggling That's, your hips like that. The kids like are still that. saying that, that, right? Uncomfortable. I'm getting old. Man. Nobody says that. No. Oh, okay. Uh, but I, I thought Jaden Knowles, he, he did exactly what he needed to do. Lincoln Riley is looking for a third running back he can trust, right? And at, at some point in the season, you have to imagine that Eric Gray or Kenny Brooks are going to get banged up. It's a physical position. It's likely, yeah. Very physical position. So to see Jaden Knowles play the way that he did with his opportunity, Lincoln Riley's got to be thrilled. Take a timeout. When we come back, we're looking at the Big 12 Conference from Saturday. Not a good day for the league. And coming up, we'll preview Nebraska. You're watching the huddle. Stay with us. Sports TV is brought to you by Riverwind Casino. Still the one. 
We want to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. And if you're traveling outside of the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the Varsity Network app and listen free. Welcome back, everybody. That's Gabe Eichert. I'm Toby Rowland. You're watching The Huddle. We've got Teddy Lehman and Bob Stoops coming up live next hour here at Rudy's. They're going to join us for the Lincoln Riley Show tonight. You know, Bob's a media, media member now. I was talking to him earlier today, and I said, Coach, are you comfortable asking Lincoln Riley some questions? And he said, well, that, I guess that's what I do now. I'm in the media. So, well, First of all, your Bob impression is pretty not good. Bad. It's not bad. It's, I, uh, I'm eager to see how this goes tonight. So, I have the utmost faith in Big Noon Bob to crush this. Yeah. Big Noon Bob is what you said. Yes. Big Noon Bob. Because of the Fox show. Kickoff. I got gotcha. you. Big Noon Bob. It used to be Big Game Bob. Right. It's not Coach now it's Big Games. Noon Bob. Big Noon Bob. It's time for the Big 12 report presented by Kincaid Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. Go to KincaidCoach.com for more information. Iowa State just cannot beat Iowa. OSU squeaks by Tulsa. Arkansas pounds Texas over Ooh, in Fayetteville. Oh, boy. TCU slips by Cal. You know, week one was pretty promising for the league, Gabe. Week two was anything but. Not a great week for the Big 12 Conference. Uh, I don't know what else to say other than that. Iowa State, just an extremely disappointing performance. Made entirely too many mistakes, and it, it, it came from their best players, right? Brock Purdy, Brees Hall, Xavier Hutchinson, ball right through his hands for an interception. They, they did not rise to the occasion. What's and their deal with Iowa? They're psyched out by him? I don't know, but this is, I mean, Hutchinson beats him, and Brock Purdy underthrows it by 10 yards. Ball's out late. I, I thought Iowa State's defense played well enough to win the football game. They did their part, right? They, they held Iowa's offense in check, and Iowa State's offense let them down. 27-17 the final. A seven of Iowa's points coming off a Brock Purdy fumble. And the Cyclones once again get beaten by the Hawkeyes. Meanwhile, here's that Texas-Arkansas game. I mean, this was all Razorbacks. From start to finish, Arkansas ran, ran for 333 yards. Texas lost the battle at the line of scrimmage, Toby. But I, I will say they missed a lot of opportunities early in that football game. This was a competitive game in the first and second quarter, and then it just snowballed on the Longhorns uh, in that second half, you know, middle of the third to the fourth. What is Sark doing with his quarterback? Well, he's going to Casey Thompson this week, I can tell you that. He's announced Hudson Card as being replaced. So week three, we're changing. Well, maybe an Oklahoman will get things figured out there. <laughs> but it's uh, – their offensive line – got worked I was I was very unimpressed with their performance that defensive line from Arkansas controlled everything and then it was it was a laundry list 
of guys for Arkansas that had success running the football. Uh, Texas's defensive line supposed to be the strength of that defense. Sark thought it might be the strength of that entire football team. They just got worn down by the Hogs, and man, it just it got really ugly late. Yeah. Confusing first two weeks if you're a Texas fan. Meanwhile, in Stillwater, a couple of in-state teams going head-to-head, -head, and it looked like the, for the longest time, Tulsa was going to get out of there with a win. You're going to see a big kickoff return out of L.D. Brown for Oklahoma State. Cowboys slip by 28-23, but I don't know that they've done anything to garner confidence yet. Their offense looks bad. I don't know how else to put it. Their offensive line was supposed to be improved. Spencer Sanders supposed to be improved. I just don't see it. And I watched every snap of this football game. Tulsa was the better team for the first three quarters. Now, football is a four-quarter game. I understand that. But Tulsa's defensive line was controlling things against Oklahoma State's offensive line. If L.D. Brown doesn't return that kickoff for a touchdown, I don't know if the Oklahoma State Cowboys escape with this one. Yeah, play the game right here from his own two-yard line. Turns a three-point deficit into a four-point OSU lead, and they would hold on to win. Hold on to win. 28 to 23. I, I will give Oklahoma State's defense credit. They won them this football game, and they they again look like a solid unit. Uh, I think that I've I've been really impressed with Malcolm Rodriguez, Colby Harvell Peel. Uh, they're playing good football on that side of the ball, but they got to get things figured out offensively, or else it could be a rough one in Boise, Idaho for him this weekend. Rodriguez might be on his way to leading the Big 12 in tackles this year. We'll talk about that game in Boise coming up. Here's the other game I want to look at this week, TCU and Cal. Cal had the lead for the majority of this game. TCU pulls it out in the end. I would file this under the OSU category, the Texas category. TCU just a hard team to figure out early on in the year. Yeah, and they gave up some massive plays in the passing game to Cal. Just uncharacteristic of a Gary Patterson defense, but give them credit. They came back in the football game, got the win, and that is a young man that is going to have a big time year in Quentin Johnson for TCU. Uh, he is a special player at the wide receiver position. And if you're Gary Patterson, you gotta be encouraged by what you saw from TCU's running game. Zach Evans was running wild in this one. Good player. There's Quentin Johnson again. You like you, him. He was on your preseason All-Big 12 team, I believe. Well, you can see why, right? Yeah, he's got all the gifts. Yeah, he, he's a talented, talented player. But it, it's going to be interesting to see what TCU turns into this season. I, I Just like you, I, I'm having a hard time figuring the Horned Frogs out because you, you expect their defense to be the strength of the team. But, I mean, they give up quite a few to a, a Cal team that's – not particularly impressive offensively. It's not like that roster has skill weapons up and down it. So I I don't know. We'll see. But Max Duggan looks more comfortable at the quarterback position. I think it has a lot to do with his offensive line playing at a better level this season so far. 34-32 TCU wins. We'll take a break. We're talking Nebraska next. Sooners and Cornhuskers coming up 11 a.m. Saturday in Norman. You're watching The Huddle. Sports TV is brought to you by 
The Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access radio pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. New episodes drop every day. Log on to Soonersports.com slash podcast or search Sooner Sports Podcast in your favorite podcast provider. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate and Riverwind Casino. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics Exclusively. Be the Nebraska's win the Big Eight Conference Championship and have a chance to play for national championship in Orange Bowl. So the biggest game on our schedule every year is Nebraska at the end of the year, and that and uh, they had a great program. I think we had great respect for each other. We didn't really go to head to head in recruiting. Tom's run was probably the greatest run in college football history. His 25 years uh, uh, was uh, his record is unbelievable and. Uh, to, to accomplish what he did in the 90s. And as I said, his team in the 90s go out there and put half a hundred on anybody. And- <laughs> a lot of them weren't very good memories because he, he whipped us a lot of times. But um, uh, we always had a good relationship. Um, uh, sometimes in a heated rivalry, things get really ugly. And I don't think Nebraska-Oklahoma was ever that way. And a lot of it had to do with Barry always had a a good outlook. Uh, we were good friends, and uh, so it was always a healthy rivalry. And our our fan bases also kind of embraced that. I think there was a lot of respect both ways. I think over a period of 29, 30 years, we uh, the winner of that game won the Big Eight championship or tied for it about 28 times. Perhaps no two men better wore red polyester pants than Barry Switzer. And Tom Osborne. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Speak for yourself. You're, are you claiming you're in that category? I don't know. Should we get some red pants? I would game? love that. By the way, that is a clip from the uh, a, a show that we taped a couple of weeks ago. You can see it there, 4.30 on Thursday, where I had the chance to sit down with Barry Switzer and Tom Osborne, and we watched the 1971 Game of the Century together. Both of those guys were the offensive coordinators for OU and Nebraska during that game. Gabe Tom Osborne's 84, Barry Switzer's 83. They both remember every snap and every play they called of that game. I, it's remarkable. 50 years ago. If you don't, if you miss anything else, if you don't watch anything else that we show this week, watch that hour. It's fantastic. How cool was that for you? Maybe the maybe the coolest thing I've ever had the opportunity to do. It I'm was so jealous amazing. right now. Uh, well, it was it was great. Uh, lots of flashbacks this week. We're showing games from the 80s, from the 70s. Make sure you tune in because it's a special week, and Sooner Sports TV has it completely covered for you. It's time to go behind enemy lines now, brought to you by Riverwind Casino. Still the one. Let's talk about the Cornhuskers. Let's start by talking about their quarterback. You see him right there, Adrian Martinez, six foot two, dual threat. Gabe, he makes mistakes at times. He's had an up and down career, but. His athleticism is something maybe this Oklahoma team hadn't seen yet this year. His athleticism will get your attention. It will get your attention. Now, he is he's made a lot of mistakes at the quarterback position in his career at Nebraska, but there are some games where he looks fantastic. The 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 biggest issue with him is throwing the football, and that's really not 
an issue you want to have if you're a quarterback. He doesn't have great accuracy. He doesn't have great arm strength. I think he's most dangerous when he's running the football. I don't know why they haven't run him more, but you see the speed right here. Now, that's just recognizing an opening in the defense. That's not called or anything like that. I don't know why Scott Frost doesn't dial up more QB run game for him. Uh, I think that they should lean more on that because I think it's his greatest strength. He gets a lot of criticism as a passer, and he deserves most of it. But he also doesn't have a lot of weapons. They're wide receivers. They, they just really struggle separating in coverage. They don't have great speed. They, they just they haven't been able to find guys at the wide receiver position that are big-time difference makers, and that has been a big issue. A couple of good running backs, Gabe Irvin, Marquis Stepp. What about defensively? What do you think of Nebraska defensively? Defensive line is an experienced group. Uh, I think number two, Caleb Tanner, he looks the part. He looks the part as an edge player for them. He looks exactly how you want a defensive end or edge player to look. But I haven't seen great production from him. I think when you look at their inside linebackers, they're a little slow to react. They don't run particularly well. I think the strength of their defense is in the back end. You look at their defensive backs, they look the part. I mean, 6-1, all across the board, 210, 205 pounds, yeah. all across the board. Their secondary is going to be the most impressive-looking secondary we see all season long. They look great. They don't cover terribly well, though. They play the run. They, they are physical. They get off blocks. They will play the run, especially at the safety position. But they're going to want to play a lot of zone coverage, take advantage of that length they have in the back end. Unfortunately for them, Lincoln Riley is one of the best in football at creating one-on-one -on -one matchups when you play zone and exposing you if you cannot cover, if your guys don't have the necessary speed. So they look great. But I think Lincoln will uh, he'll figure it out. I do think they're going to be jazzed up to play, though. I mean, I, this could make their whole season. You know, things have gone south a little bit early in, in Lincoln this year, and uh, Scott Frost needs a big win, and obviously this would be a big one. So I think they're going to be fired up to play the Sooners and give them a good shot on Saturday. 11 o'clock will be kickoff. We'll have the radio pregame show for you starting at 9 a.m. When we come back, our over-unders and pick'ems, and then we'll get out of here. Bob Stoops and Teddy Lehman on the way in. We'll be back. Sports TV is brought to you by Bud Light. It's for the fans. Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in real Texas barbecue. OU's football games are available on Exodus 96.5 FM in Oklahoma City and 101.5 FM El Patron in Tulsa, as well as on those stations' websites. Each OU Spanish broadcast will feature a 30-minute pregame show and a 15-minute postgame show. All right, final segment of the huddle with Gabe Eichert. Then we've got uh, the Lincoln Riley Show coming up featuring the host of the star 
of Fox Noon, Big Noon kickoff. Do big I have that right? Bob. Just big big noon, noon Bob. Bob. Bob Stoops is here tonight. We'll have him along in just a second. Let's take a look at how we did in uh, Pick'em last week. Now, Curtis Lofton was here. We've been picking collectively this year, and we've been terrible. Okay. We went one and four last I week. I did not approve any of this. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But, I mean, you wouldn't have picked Oregon. Uh, I don't know what you would have done. We went Iowa State. We picked Texas. That was a loser. We picked USC. That was a loser. The only game we got right was Michigan over Washington. So, Michigan apologies. looks surprisingly good. They do look good. Kind of like the all-blue unis with the maze out yeah. on Saturday night, too. So you can see at the bottom there, our collective record on the year is off to a struggling 3-7 and seven start. We need a big night. Let's go. Game number one out of the SEC, Alabama at Florida. Good early season matchup going into the swamp. I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. <laughs> And I'm going to take the Alabama Crimson Tide to oh, win. Oh, you're a crazy man. Now, I will say this. Bryce Young, while immensely talented, young player, the swamp is going Different. to be rocking yeah. for that game. It's, it's not going to be easy for Alabama. That, I think that game's going to be closer than some people may think. And what does Dan Mullen do at the quarterback position, right? Well, they're unlikely to play their scout team. They'll probably play the regular guys. So I we're see taking, you, I we're see taking what you did. Alabama as a collective. Anthony Richardson has looked fantastic. Yes. He's their backup. He's looked like Cam Newton when he's gotten on the field. <laughs> but I, I, I guess we'll see Emory Jones. We'll probably see both of them. But I'm picking Alabama over everyone Well, all the time. Until they play Oklahoma. Of in course. The then we'll take okay. the Sooners. Uh, Auburn, Penn State. We're going to pick up the pace here a little bit. Good, big 10 SEC matchup here. The game's in Happy Valley. Wide out. You're going to pick against Penn nope, State? I like Penn State. I'm out? just making sure you like Penn State. I like Penn State. I like Penn State. All right, Penn State is our pick. How about this? Big 12 game with ramifications. We see West Virginia in primetime next week. They host Virginia Tech this week. Interesting. Mm -hmm. West Virginia favored. Not ranked. Virginia Tech's the ranked team. What do you think? I, I, you, are, you are the main staple here. I am a big Neil Brown oh, guy. Three and seven. I would lean, I lean West Virginia and Morgantown. You comfortable with that? Come on. Let's go. Okay. Big 12 pride. We need them to win so that next Come week. Come on, Jared. Daggy, figure it out. Feels a little bigger. We'll take West Virginia. Cincinnati in the top ten on the road at Indiana. We liked Indiana in the preseason, but they laid an egg early against Iowa. Who's winning this game? I think Iowa – made Indiana look really bad in week one. I think Cincinnati's the better football team. I really do. Desmond Ritter, he can play. Yeah. I believe in Luke Fickle. great defense. And Cincinnati plays a lot like Iowa. They want to run the football, and they want to beat you up at the line of scrimmage. So you're I taking the future Big 12 member, Cincinnati, for the road win. I think they're more they're more like talented that. team, too. I'm with you. Uh, final pick, Oklahoma State at Boise State. Late game, Saturday night, blue turf. I just can't trust Spencer Sanders. I, can't, I trust Oklahoma State's defense, but, you know, Hank Bachmeyer, that Boise offense, they can put some points up. With the way that Oklahoma State's offensive line has played, yeah. I – I want Oklahoma State to win the game. I know that sounds weird, but it would be good for the, sake for of the, the conference. conference. Yeah. I'm I with just, you. 
I think Boise's going to win that game. I don't think through two weeks you've seen enough out of Oklahoma State to believe they're going to go to Boise and win. That's a difficult place to win. Maybe they'll surprise us. Maybe they've been saving it. but Maybe the new and improved Spencer Sanders shows up for this one. Maybe so. we got to go quickly now. Over-unders. We're taking Boise State, by the way. Here's how we did last week. Now, I think we did better in the over-unders. Yeah, we went three out of four over-unders, uh, over-under four and a half sacks. Uh, we picked the over. That was the one we got wrong. Seven and a half points allowed. We took the under. It was a shutout. 299 and a half rushing yards. We took the under. OU went 277. And over-under a 50-plus yard field goal by Burkich. We took the over, and he made another 56-yarder. So we got a couple of minutes here for this week's over-unders for OU and Nebraska. And the first one is over under one and a half touchdowns for Marvin Mims. So he'd have to score two. He'd have to score two for the over. He's the big play guy. Yep. I mean, Lincoln's dialing it up for him. But two's, it's a, two's a lot. But I feel, don't you feel like they kind of hid Marvin last week? Like he only had one catch. He really wasn't a factor. And with the size they have in the secondary, I think Marvin can run by some of those guys. So we're taking the over here? Why not? Okay, we Why like not? Marvin. Why not? We'll take the over. We think Marvin gets like a couple of touchdowns. It's not like there's anything actually on the line here. Over under two and a half rushing touchdowns for OU. Will OU run for three touchdowns? How many points do you think they're going to score? Uh, I think they'll get up there. I mean, I don't think 50 is out I, of the realm of possibility. I could see Lincoln Riley playing this game with what I like to call some big boy personnel. Right. I think they can get in some two tight ends, two tight ends and a fullback. So you're taking a lot of success. I think they're going to. I like that. I think they may try to make a point. We got Marvin Mims scoring two, and they're running for at least three. So we like the way the OU offense. Over, under, two and a half takeaways. We got to go quick. They've had three in each of the first two games. They getting at least three again? Adrian Martinez tends to throw it to the other team. Taking the over in that Uh, as well. Probably take the under, but it's okay. Over, under, one and a half sacks for Perry on Winfrey who, by the way, I think uh, is graded the highest in pro football focus so far this year in rushing the quarterback. So is he getting two sacks? That's a big number. That's a big number for a defensive tackle. While I don't, I have not been overly impressed with the interior of Nebraska offensive line, I haven't been impressed with their offensive line across the board. Perrion, he, doesn't he seem like he always gets really, really close but doesn't sack the quarterback? Yeah. Are we getting under? Are we going no, under? No, let's take over. You're taking the over. Taking the over. Life's too short to take the under, Toby. That's a good show. That's a good show. We'll see you next week on the Huddles. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate, proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Sooner Sports Network.